and that's all I'm supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be doing it just in Chattanooga, where I live? Or am I supposed to be an international missionary, and that's my calling? Am I supposed to just serve the people next to me? Or am I supposed to go out and find new people? If God is really God, he can do anything he wants to do. So does he really need me? Because he could do anything that he wanted to. Does, can it be something that I really enjoy doing? Or does it have to be something hard? If I'm volunteering, does it have to be really sad? Or can I love what I'm doing? Does this only apply to when I go out and intentionally serve people? Or is this supposed to be a continual thing that I'm always doing? Does God really need me? So all these questions and a lot more arose when I was preparing for this and studying. But I think that by looking at the scriptures, we're gonna find out exactly what God has called us to do here on earth. And we can use that as our guide. So when I came to college five years ago, um, I really didn't know what my major was going to be. I didn't know what I enjoyed doing. And I didn't know what kind of job I was going to have after. And like I said, five years later, I still have no idea. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in May. I don't even really know what I enjoy doing. I don't know what kind of job to look for yet because I don't know what my purpose is. Kind of but I'm still searching and digging and trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be going with that. But I'm not talking about careers tonight. I'm not talking about that kind of purpose. What I'm talking about is much deeper. It's the overall purpose of our lives, the specific commands that God has given us. This purpose is gonna flow through any job that I find. But first we have to look at who we are in God, who specifically he has created all of us to be. So we're gonna start by looking at scripture. Can you put up Genesis 1? So Genesis 1:26 and 31 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And a little bit later, God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. So the word made is used in the creation story over and over, and it's used a few times here. So first I wanted to focus on the fact that you personally were made. So when you make something, you get really excited about it. You want it to be beautiful. You spend time getting together all your supplies. You dream about this, this end product that you're gonna get. And you put together a specific plan so you know it's gonna be amazing. You show it off to your friends. You probably post it on Instagram. You don't even need a filter because it's just perfect, okay? You take pride in your work. You were made. You were made with that thought process. Do you believe that about yourself? Do you believe that? You are not an afterthought. You're not made out of leftovers and you're not a mistake. God is so proud of his creation and he loves when you show off his handiwork. So the God of the universe, the ultimate creator, all-knowing, all-loving father made you. He could have done anything and he chose to make all of his children. And then he said it was very good. He didn't immediately regret it. He didn't change his mind and kind of start over. He said it was very good. So if you look back in Genesis a little bit, when he made the, the land and the sea, he said it was good. And when he made the plants and the trees, he said it was good. But when he made man, behold, it was very good. And I would bet a handful of you are kind of rolling your eyes like, yeah, we heard it before, church camp, Sunday school, we've got this. Like, let's move forward a little bit. But I would ask that tonight, you just indulge me just a little bit and really lend your ears to this idea. God made you with intention and purpose. How am I supposed to help you realize how important you are and how loved? How do I help you truly understand that you play such an important role in God's plan for his kingdom? And I really don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that it's true, that God made you 
You are handmade, each and every one of you handmade by God. And I believe this fiercely. I believe that so much. You're not just a freckle, just one in a giant group that all blends together. You were handmade, knit together specifically to be you. And so the scripture continues. It says that after God created us, he gave us dominion. So dominion means authority or control. So from the very beginning, we were given control over the birds of the air and the fish and the plants and the trees and all the creeping things that creep on the earth, which is fun. I don't know. Still figuring out what that means. But we were given dominion over it. And then he put man in the garden to tend it and keep it, to make it beautiful, to make it flourish. He entrusted us with his creation. He didn't, he didn't just do all the work himself. He gave it to us to see what we would make with it. He wanted us to make it beautiful. And because we know how much care went into making us and how much God loves us, this isn't a burden. This responsibility, this control that we have, it isn't a burden. It's a gift that God gave to us. So we must steward this creation towards God. We, we are in control of it, so we must steward it well. So through any job we get, wherever we live, how many kids we have, this should be our purpose. Are we still living with that kind of purpose? Are we contending and keeping the garden? Are we making it beautiful? Are we growing vegetables and sharing our harvest with our neighbors? Are we using the garden to build community together? So because it's hard to keep a garden in college, I have another picture for you. So picture this world as a soccer team, okay? And everyone's out there, well not everyone, so some people are out there scoring goals and passing the ball and having fun with their teammates, they're high-fiving, they're doing victory dances. And then other people are on the sidelines and they're drinking their juice boxes and they're eating their orange slices. <laughs> That's fun too. But we all have jerseys on, okay? We all have the same jersey. So why isn't everyone rushing out to the field? Is it because one guy out there has already scored 11 goals and he's great? So you're just gonna trust him, it's safer to let him do it all and then you're guaranteed to win? You can score 11 goals too. You all can score 11 goals. So when did you stop believing in your own skills and your own power? We are all on the same team. Go and play. So what does it look like for us to participate in God's kingdom? Because ultimately this is what we're called to do. We have the common purpose of stewarding creation, of participating in the kingdom. But what that looks like for each of us may be very different. So if Jesus isn't here, how do we live as he would? How do we drive the kingdom forward like he would? Can you put up Isaiah 58? If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you're generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. Y'all, the first time I read this, and every time since then, my heart just pounds. This, this just seems to tie together exactly what I'm feeling and exactly what I see um, and what I want and what I'm trying to get across to all of you. So are you scared? Are you scared to go out and participate? Are you scared because you don't know where to go? God's gonna show you. He's always gonna show you the way. He's gonna show you where to go. Are you scared because you don't think you can do it? But you're gonna be strong. Come on, you're gonna be strong. You're gonna be given firm muscles and strong bones. He promises. 
Do you not think you can love people well enough? You're gonna be a gurgling spring that never, ever, ever, ever runs dry. Do you feel like you're surrounded by the darkness? You're gonna be bathed in the sunlight. You will glow. You're not an exception. None of you are an exception. This is speaking to you. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? So just because you're in college, probably broke, eating ramen or macaroni five times a week, doesn't mean you're any less a part of this. You play such an important role. So I'll say it again. Your work, your part in building the kingdom of God is important. Whatever it is that you've been called to do is important, but you have to do it. You have to. You can't keep it all to yourself. So please, please share your gifts. So personally, I love kids and I can't wait to be a mom. But if I'm never playing with kids and I'm never loving kids, then I'm hoarding all my gifts to myself. I'm not sharing them. My husband works for Habitat for Humanity, but if he sat at home all day and watched movies and ate popcorn or something, then people's houses wouldn't get built. And my mom loves books, obviously. She taught me from a very young age. But if she didn't share her passion for reading, then young children might not learn to read. One of my favorite parts of working at the house this year has just been hearing about what you guys are interested in and what you're passionate about and what you're doing in Chattanooga. Ella and Elizabeth got a grant and they started a community cafe to feed people. And Bailey works a ton in the West Side um, serving kids. And Riley goes and visits her 95-year-old friend Robert once a week. So (laughs) y'all are doing wonderful things. But it's about how you share all of those things with the world. And I'm also gonna tell you this doesn't just mean starting your own company or all these big scary things. It means going home and washing your roommate's dishes and doing it with a kind and glad heart. It means going to class and not being bitter at your teachers and caring for them and knowing that their job is hard. And it also means just making decisions in daily life, making decisions in your daily life with a kingdom mindset. This mindset that goes beyond what you're feeling in that exact moment and sees the bigger picture. This picture where you're living joyfully in God's promises, scoring goals, passing the ball. And if you are eating orange slices on the sidelines, hopefully you're doing it with friends. So the first time, (laughs) this is funny, the first time I thought about a kingdom mindset, I was a junior in college and the house went to Costa Rica for spring break. So we're in Costa Rica, it's beautiful. Thanks already. Um, So it's a beautiful place and the sun is shining and we're out, we're doing all kinds of work. And so we're laying a floor in this church that we're helping them build. So we're laying concrete and playing with kids and there's one more job that we have to do, well, the boys have to do, and that is to clean out the sewer that is running through the village we're staying in. And so the boys did it. So I'm playing the concrete, which was great. And I turn around just to see how things are going. And the boys are knee deep in the sewer, covered in all sorts of nasty. They are finding boots and toys and just ridiculous things. And I'm kind of grossed out just watching it, but they're laughing and they're smiling. They're having fun together. And then I look a little bit behind them and there are Costa Ricans laughing at them too. They're laughing really hard at these crazy Americans who would fly all the way down there to clean out a sewer, something they weren't even willing to do for themselves. And it was in that moment that I realized that missions isn't just about going and letting the kids braid my hair and running around with them and teaching them fun games. And it's not just about me laying a concrete floor in the church so they can have a church to worship in. 
It's about doing what, literally whatever someone needs in that moment to love them and serve them as Jesus would. And this mindset, whether it seem like, may, whether it's, mm, whether it may seem like it or not, this mindset changes everything. Personally, it makes me feel literally pulled to serve others. I can't stop thinking about my dominion, my power that I have, and feeling like I am needed to care for this world. I can't walk down the street and not pick up trash and think that I'm helping. I'm helping to steward creation well. I can't not smile at my mailman and, and ask him how he's doing just to see how he's doing that day. It becomes such a natural and automatic thing, and I'm begging you to join me. Will you put up Galatians? So I'm going to leave you guys with Galatians 6.17. I have far more important things to do, the serious living of this faith. I bear in my body the scars from my service to Jesus. So this is Paul saying that he has more important things to do than focus on the disputes and the fights that he's been dealing with. He and all of us have a lot more important things to do, serious living of our faith. So my hope is that you all leave with an urgency to participate. I don't care if you just go home and say goodnight to the roommate you really don't get along with, or you just call your parents and tell them you love them before you go to sleep, or if you really do leave right now and go buy someone dinner on the street. I don't really care what it is. All I care about is that you know that you can participate in God's kingdom with everything you do, that you know that God made you, that you are a big part of his kingdom, and that you have so much power, that you know that this is what we as a community of believers have been called to do. So let's go do important things together. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you have called us to participate. Thank you that you want us. Thank you for giving us strong bones and firm muscles so that we know we are capable and we are equipped. I pray for excitement. I pray for a sense of urgency and I pray for just the assurance and the knowledge that we were made, that you love us and that you want us. Amen.